This is Chad Harrison, and you're listening to Hope Alive, applying God's word to your daily life. Hi, this is Chad Harrison, and I am the teaching pastor of Lake Community Church and have been serving as a pastor for 25 years. I'm also a practicing attorney. This podcast is designed to help you study God's word and find God's will for your life. I pray in the name of Jesus right now that God would open up his word to you and allow you to see him and to know him and to know his will, that you might glorify him and that you might walk in faith and power each and every day, especially today, in Jesus' name. We are going to uh, be in Psalm 115. It is is a a psalm about, it's really a psalm about idols. It's a psalm about how God is greater than idols. And oftentimes, what we create as our idol is really a a methodology for which we can worship ourselves. And uh, before we go into this psalm too deeply, the truth is that, that when you're talking about worshiping, when you're talking about God, and you're talking about who people worship, they, they, people worship really, and you can categorize everything into these three categories. People either worship the one true God, they worship Yahweh, they worship the the God of the Old and New Testament, Jesus Christ is his son and the Holy Spirit, or some combination of them. Obviously, the Jews worship uh, the same God. And then there is the worship of the created, whether it be the angelic, and there are major world religions that are built on worshiping angels or worshiping spirit beings. And I, I believe that the paganism of Rome and, and Egypt and Greece and, and Athens and, and all those places, I believe they were actually worshiping, uh, demo- not demonic, but angelic powers under Satan. I believe all those gods were angelic powers. They're created beings. Or uh, the more preferable, uh, world religion, in my opinion, the one that most everybody who who is worshiping and everybody's worshiping, everybody's glorifying something is, well, it's yourself. And even for Christians, the temptation is to try to worship ourselves. And so uh, if we're going to talk about, a, if we're going to talk about a uh, psalm that deals with idolatry, obviously you can worship something that is created, some physical, something physical on the earth. You can worship your house. You can worship your job. You can worship your. You can worship another person. Yeah, live your life totally for them. You can worship all kinds of possessions and things like that, and that would be worshiping the created along with the angelic. Like I said, world religions worship spiritual beings that I, I do believe are there. Well, they're just they're fallen angels, and but the more um, seductive worship. And I think the worship that actually Satan uh, created when he lied with Adam, when he lied to Adam and Eve in the garden, or when he made them question God's word in the garden, probably is the best way to describe that. He said, "Did God really say that?" What what he's doing is he's questioning what God said and tempting them to worship themselves. And I think that's a powerful thing. Oftentimes, I I say Christianity can be humanism or the worship of oneself, because what we try to do is we try to take the parts of Jesus. It's it's the reality of the farce of the Ricky Bobby and Talladega Nights scene where he wants to worship the uh, sweet little baby Jesus. 
And that's a hilarious scene, and I don't care who you are, that's funny. It's just straight up funny, that whole dialogue about that. And the reason it's funny is, is because it has a huge element of truth to it. And the truth is that Ricky Bobby in that movie, he wants to worship Jesus in the way he wants Jesus to be. Not in the fullness of who Jesus is, not in the completeness of Jesus, not in the full presentation of Jesus to the world that he presents himself in the New Testament as. He wants Jesus as the sweet little baby Jesus. He likes the baby Jesus. And we do that so, so much. We do that so many ways, in so many ways in our lives. We worship God <clears throat> and we say we're worshiping God, but what we're really doing is we're making God in our own image. Rather than God making us back into his image, as He as the fall caused us to lose the image of God, lose the likeness of God, God's a tripart being. And uh, when Adam's spirit and Eve's spirit died in the garden, they, uh, they lost that image of God. And rather than being begat again or born again, like the New Testament, like Jesus taught, and we go back into the image of God, we want to make God into our image. And that is, by definition, idolatry. That's what it is. So he says, not unto us, O Lord. Not unto us. <laughs> Notice the psalm itself. It's so neat how the psalm itself can be so direct and deal with the issue on, on, on right at the start. He says, he says, not me. I don't want to worship me. And, and I, I, how powerful that is. And really a true expression of, of the heart of the psalmist here. He, he is just truly going in and saying, not unto us, not us. But your name give glory. Notice he's trying he's saying, I don't want to worship me. I want to worship you. He says, but to your name give glory. Why? Because of your mercy, because of your truth. Uh, what he's saying is because I receive from you, I receive from you mercy. And I get the, I get, I don't get what I deserve, but I get what I don't deserve, your grace. He says, because of your mercy, because of your truth, because I am not the I'm, I'm not the uh, holder of truth. I'm not the arbiter of truth. I'm not the one who gives out truth. He says it's because of your truth. Why should the Gentiles say, so where is their God? What he's saying is when I make <clears throat> me God, then my God is not seen by others. And boy, that's a powerful understanding right there. When Why should the Gentiles say, so where is their God? Their God's hidden. Why is their God hidden? It's hidden because... You're worshiping yourself. You've made yourself God. He said, but our God is in heaven. He does whatever he pleases. Notice God's will is not affected by man. Their idols are silver and gold. Whose? The world's idols are silver and gold. Remember, created beings, that's the worship of the created, to include oneself. He says, their idols are silver and gold. The work of men's hands. They have mouths, but do not speak. Eyes they have, but they do not see. They have ears, but they do not hear. Noses they have, but they do not smell. They have hands, but they do not handle. Feel feet they have, but they do not walk. Nor do they mutter through their throat. Those who make them are like them. So is everyone who trusts in them. Boy, that's a huge indictment. He's saying, he's saying they make these idols for themselves. But the idols uh, can't speak, the idols can't see, the idols can't hear, 
The idols can't smell. They don't touch. They don't have any senses of their own. They're not alive. They're not sentient, be, sentient beings. And, and once you make yourself an idol, you lose the senses that God gave you. You lose the senses that God gave you to see the spiritual beyond the physical and to hear and, and know things beyond what is just right there in front of you. And that, that whole passage right there is an indictment. It's an indictment of, of those who the created rather than the creator. He says, O Israel, trust in the Lord. Notice, O Israel, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. O Israel, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. Notice, don't place your faith in created beings. Place your faith in God. These, these ideas, are they're, they're simple and yet so difficult because they go contrary to our sinful nature. They're, they're, they're true. We know they're true, but, boy, they're, but they're just so difficult because they go against our sinful nature. It's a struggle. Life is a struggle. It really is. The struggle is real. And so he, when you read this, you realize, am I worshiping that which is created rather than the creator? And boy, in every way, as a believer, you can see yourself doing that. You can see yourself doing that. And he says, they're not like God. I need to trust God. And that's the word faith there. He says, a house of Aaron, trust in the oh, house of Aaron, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. He says, you fear the Lord, trust in the Lord. He is your help and your shield. He, he, he says, it, says it in the third person. Then he comes directly and says it in the first person. He says, oh, house of Aaron, trust in the Lord. He is their help and shield. You fear the Lord, trust in the Lord. He is your help and shield, meaning you need to focus your life on what God's doing and God's will and not your own. You can't get any more direct than that. Can't get any more to the point than that. That is just straight on what it is. You got to, you have to trust in God. And, and the way I, I, I place, I, the way I, I remove my faith in myself and I place my trust in God, the way I do that is that I reject myself as being in charge and I intentionally by the intent of my will, I trust God. I, I, I begin to seek him out. I begin to fear him, knowing his greatness. I, I begin to place him in the right position. That's what the fear of the Lord does. It, it orients you in the right place with God. You understand who you are and you understand who he is. And then once I've been oriented properly and I've been put in the right position to see God from the proper perspective, then I trust him. Then I trust him. And that's what the that's what uh, the psalmist says here. He says, "Trust in the Lord. The Lord has been mindful of us." Notice, there's a reason to trust in God, because God is not so far above us that He is not mindful of us. I had a text to me yesterday, and and uh, one of our one of our people texted me and said, "Who am I that He is mindful of me?" That's the beautiful thing about the good news of Jesus Christ is, is that God is mindful of us. We don't have a God that cannot speak, smell, hear, or or touch. We, we don't have that. We have a God who can do all those things, and he is above all things, and he's mindful of us. He's not, he's not aloof in a way. He is mindful of me, and he is in my presence, and, and he has got purpose for me. He says, uh, he will bless us. Notice, he's mindful of us. Notice, and these are affirmations. 
He will bless us. He will bless the house of Israel. He will bless the house of Aaron. He will bless those who fear the Lord. And by the way, the house of Aaron is the priestly line. And that is talking to us too, by the way. That's talking to us. We don't get away from that. He blesses the priestly line. That's us. That's you. That is you. He's blessing the priestly line. You have you have access to him. All right. He says, both small, he blesses the he will bless those who fear the Lord, both small and great. It's no matter what your position is, he still blesses you. He says, May the Lord give you increase more and more. May he continue to progress in your blessing. And that's a that is a real thing, a progression of God's blessing, a progression of God's provision, a progression a progression of his revelation to you. He continues to increase and build upon those. And by the way, he does that for your children, by the way. The anointing that God has given you can is passed on to your children. The blessing that God has and the relationship that God has with you is passed on to your children. Your children get the benefit of that. They get to grow up in it. They get to see it. They get to see it operative in a life. And so when they begin to seek after God themselves, they don't have the inhibitions and the struggles or quite the difficulty that you do. And see, it progresses with them. It progresses with them. But they need to see that. They got to see it on a daily basis. They got to see it with a daily walk. They got to see it with a continual being before him. He said, the heavens, even the heavens are the Lord's. The heavens, even the heavens are the Lord's. But the earth he has given to the children of men. Notice, he's got something for us. He's got a job to do for us. He's got something he's working out for us. He says the heavens, even the heavens are the Lord's. But the earth he's given to, he's given to the children of men. He's given to men to, to he's given to humanity to run and to operate in. The dead do not praise the Lord nor any who go down in silence. And he's talking about the damned, the ones who die uh, separated from him. He says, they don't praise the Lord. They're, they're gone. They're out. They're off. He says, but we will bless the Lord from uh, this time forth and forevermore. Praise the Lord. It is so easy to make yourself God. It is so easy to make your own desires and the desires of your heart the primary thing. And when I say make them God, you're making yourself into an idol. You are. But, and let's say this, everyone does it. Everyone. The struggle is to place yourself in, in, in the position where you are seeing God, where you're walking with God, where you're knowing God. That's the place. That's, that's the place of hope and life. That's the place where we find his very best. And each and every day, the question is today about you or is today about him? Is today about your will and your way? Or is today about seeking God out in the midst of the life that he's given me? He's made the life. He's given you possession. He's given you dominion and authority. That passage said he's made the earth for men. He's given you dominion and authority to deal with the situations of life and to and to, to be who you're supposed to be. Part of my job is just straight up to be a cheerleader for God's people is to give you the truth, but cheer you on to doing it. And who would have thought that this giant offensive lineman would be a cheerleader one day? But I am. Not as pretty as any of the ones I've ever seen. But I am. I am a cheerleader for you. You have in you the kingdom of God. And it ought to manifest itself outside of you each and every day where you worship the king of that kingdom. 
And the king of that kingdom is the Lord of glory. And he is your friend, and he's got purpose each and every moment of the day. You need to find it. You need to be seeking after it. Make today, make it completely oriented toward his will and his way. Do that today. And if you do it, and if you do it with joy in your heart, you will change the world that you live in. As you go today, I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you, that he'll make his face to shine upon you, and that he will give you hope and peace today in Jesus' name.